Welcome to episode 26 of Canthropod, the Cambridge Anthropology podcast, hosting episode 2 of Artery, a podcast on art, authorship and anthropology. Welcome to Artery with Isa Kavegia, a podcast on art, authorship and anthropology. In each episode of this collaborative podcast, one anthropologist, specializing in a particular cultural context, has a conversation with an artist of their choosing, exploring issues of authorship and responsibility in art. In this episode, Janine Madeleine Fischer, a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Constance, speaks with Mzuzilem Duduzik Zakaza. I will hand over to Madeleine, who will introduce herself and her guest. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the podcast Authorship and Art. My name is Janine Madeleine Fischer and I'm a postdoc researcher at the University of Constance and part of the interdisciplinary research group Travelling Forms. In my current project, I am exploring aesthetic and mobile forms of activism in South Africa. And today I have the pleasure to talk with our guest, Mzuzile Mduduzi Xakada. Hello, Mdu. Hello, Janine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Mzuzile Mduduzi Xakada, popularly called Mduduzi or Mdu, works as director of the Durban Art Gallery and also paints and draws on a part-time basis. He holds a PhD in history, a MA in fine arts, a postgraduate diploma in museum and heritage studies, a BA of honors in history of art, a HDE and BA in fine arts. He has participated in numerous group and solo exhibitions in South Africa and abroad since the early 90s. His work, which is mainly landscape paintings and drawings, is represented in public, corporate and private collections. So a very warm welcome, Du. It is a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> Thank you, Janine. Thank you for having me here. It's, it's my pleasure, really. Yeah, also on my side. So um, today we are going to talk about authorship in the arts, which is, of course, closely tied to the process of art in the making. So um, could you tell me a bit how your artwork is actually being made? Uh, I will tell you briefly how I, I, I make my artwork. Uh, I, I usually make paintings mm -hmm. and also make drawings. So yeah. would you like me to, to explain my creative process when it comes to both drawing and painting? Yes, this would be great. Yeah, what I, how I approach my, my creative process, I will start with painting because painting is somehow a major major activity for most people. Uh, how I start, uh, uh, an idea comes into my mind and I mm -hmm. process this idea in my mind and I feel, wow, this idea can be expressed in visual terms. And then, but I need, I need to, to, to organize how this can be, can be done. In, uh, in cases, in some cases, I go out and sketch. Mm -hmm. And I find and I find scenes that correlate with my idea that I want to to express. If I really feel that urge to create, and mm -hmm. after doing that, I also take into cognizance colors that are involved there. But my main 
purpose every time is not to emulate what I see in front of me, but mm-hmm. it is to it is to interpret mm-hmm. and to also make a, a particular comment or to make a particular point using images instead of words, as I work with images all the time mm-hmm. in most mm-hmm. cases. Yeah. And then I start uh, painting. In some cases, I can paint, uh, I would say I paint intuitively, which means I just allow the process, the creative process to flow uh, from my mind through my hand, uh, the coordination of mind and body in that creative process. Of course, I have my sketch in front of me at that particular moment. And uh, what I do is um, I think a little bit about colors, but In most cases, I approach my coloring in a very subjective way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not objective in most cases uh, because if I have to be objective, it means I need to restrict myself. But I love love my creative freedom. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, And then... uh, I I actually regard the whole... uh, uh, creative, the, the whole initial phase as my first quote, if I may say that. Mm-hmm. Because when the surface is dry, I enrich it by putting various glazes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I use transparent colors because I have to actually look at my color scheme and see which transparent colors will actually uh, harmonize with it. And also it depends on what I want to achieve. Because whenever I paint, in most cases, I tell myself this painting should first speak to me. Mm-hmm. So the whole paint, painting process for me is a conversation between myself and the painting. In other words, I don't allow, virtually I don't allow a space to exist between myself and my work. I want... Mm-hmm try by all means to feel that I am one with my work. When I feel that I am one with my work, then I sense a huge amount of success in that creative process. But as long as I feel separated from my work, I feel that I am not going anywhere. I would rather stop working and rest a bit and feel more inspired and start again. Mm -hmm. That is the that is the suffering, that is the element of suffering that I come across with in, 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 uh, in, in my creative uh, approaches. Uh, because if I don't feel connected to, to my work while it is growing in front of me, then it means that I'm not being sincere. Mm-hmm. There's an, an element of sincerity that I want to feel because this work is going to spend its life away from me but I must have done proper justice on it. Mm-hmm. If I don't do justice on it, it would mean that whoever is going to collect it is collecting something that doesn't have any value. Even if they feel that they can respond to it, but as far as I'm concerned, it has no value if it, if it never talked back to me. Mm-hmm. It must have talked back to me before I declared it complete or finished. If it talks back to me, then 
at any point I can say, I can stop here, I can put my signature. But how I proceed, I will just explain briefly. Mm -hmm. I then put different glazes, but when I glaze, depending on how thin or thick my glazes are, you find that uh, some details will be concealed a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it means I have to go back and rework on those details so that I can maintain the visual impact that I want to see so that I can imagine that a viewer of this work will feel the impact, will feel the impact of this work. But if I don't work on details as I proceed with this glazing process, then it means that uh, I'm losing something very significant about this work, which I don't want at all. Mm -hmm. So that's how I work on it. Um, mm -hmm. Whenever I feel I work very carefully or I feel uh, inhibited, uh, it is when I really am going to produce something that doesn't really work. Uh, there are such paintings that I have discarded uh, and I started afresh because I thought I am ashamed of uh, uh, sending this particular painting or drawing away uh, from me if it is not what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. So in most cases, I work uh, very slowly for that reason. Uh, I take a lot of time working on one painting. And when I feel that it is saying something to me, I'm almost sure that it will say something to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I see, yeah. And then I put my signature at the end of the day, and then I say this work is uh, finished at last. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think these are very interesting points, this um, th this idea yeah. of, of the painting talking back to you, and also this idea of being one with the painting, not allowing the space between you and your creation. Maybe you could elaborate yeah. a bit more on your relationship towards your artwork. How would you describe this relationship? Um, to be honest, uh, Janine, I always feel that my artwork is just like a child, just like mm -hmm. my child, because it is my product. But yeah. it is not just my product because I've, I've produced it with my hand. It is my product because I have thought about it. It has actually stemmed from my mind. It has come as an idea which has been developed into the actual painting, something that is visible because ideas are not visible. Mm -hmm. Ideas are not tangible. Um, so after completing my painting, I feel as if it is part of me. I'm part of it. And when I send it away, when somebody collects it for a particular collection, I feel a sense of loss. Mm -hmm. So that is how close I am to my paintings. And when I see them after many years, I, 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 I remember the, that uh, creative moment again. I remember how it was when I created it. Mm -hmm. I so I can yeah. say paintings are almost like children to me because they are my products. Otherwise, if I was not alive, these paintings would not exist. Mm -hmm. So I feel that particular strong relationship between myself and my paintings. And I feel that uh, they are not just objects, but they are intellectual products. Mm -hmm. So that intellectual process 
happened in my mind and my body was used in order to manifest it on that canvas. So that manifestation was part of the experience. So I love the experience because it creates that uh, magic moment. It creates that memory. What happened when I was creating this work, it is something that is almost uh, difficult to explain in words. Mm-hmm. But I can feel it. But uh, sometimes one doesn't have words to, to explain these things. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a very strong image, the, the picture as, as the child of the, of the artist. Yes. What do you actually think makes an artist be an artist? What does being an artist mean for you? Uh, being an artist for me means uh, being able uh, to use your power of imagination. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, in most cases I draw and paint from observation, but in the sense that you have to create a world that is somehow existing within yourself as an artist. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, it means that an artist is a person who is uh, conscious or aware of both external and internal worlds. And these worlds are linked to each other, they are related, but the only difference is that the internal world that exists within the artist is not visible. Mm -hmm. And so bits and pieces of that world become, they are revealed through these creations. And then if people follow the work of this artist, for years or for months, then they start understanding uh, the mind of the artist. Because for me, it is about how the mind processes these ideas and how the body is able to, to manifest them in, in, in visual terms. By, by body, I mean just one part of the body, just the hand. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, So being an artist for me simply means being a person who who lives in this uh, material world that we know, that we see every day, but a person who seems to have access to another world. Almost like, to me, it looks like a spiritual uh, activity or a spiritual experience. And for me, an artist also seems to be like a person who is uh, possessed by spirit, I would say in this case, a creative spirit, because if that spirit cannot possess uh, that artist, I, I don't know how they can be become artists. I believe that almost everyone in this world has got a potential to be an artist, but I believe that uh, uh, it is only those who allow that potential to grow, to grow with them, as they develop as they develop new skills and new uh, intellectual skills and new creative skills as they grow up from childhood to adulthood mm-hmm. so uh, i would say that is an artist because i know for sure that at uh, at an adolescent stage it's either you continue as an artist or you stop being an artist but if you continue as an artist past that stage of adolescence, it means that you will be an artist. Mm-hmm. 
that's my understanding but uh, it's not so scientific it is just my 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 reflection on uh-huh. on your yeah. question yes. yeah yeah i think it, it's really fascinating to think about the artist as being inspired or maybe even possessed by a creative spirit um yeah would you say when you say that your paintings are talking back to yourself which role does this creative spirit play in in this in this uh, interrelationship um, i think that this, this creative spirit would play a role of uh, connecting the artist and the work the artist mm-hmm. and uh, either a drawing or a painting um if that spirit cannot uh, 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 create that um, uh, connection in a very effective way then i would say perhaps the creative process would just fall apart mm-hmm. and i would say perhaps the artist should submit himself or herself to that spirit so that that connection can truly happen if 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 the artist uh cannot do that i don't see how that connection can happen mm-hmm. and i don't see how that unity between the artist and the work can happen and therefore i don't see how that work as a final product can be produced in the most sincere way so that element of sincerity would 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 not be present at all mm-hmm. if all these things that i'm mentioning now cannot happen and mm-hmm. it is a shame to actually proceed with a work without a strong element of sincerity i think it is a shame mhm i see is this actually like an interdependency like the creative spirit needs the artist to to get this uh this creativity like manifested and the artist needs the creative spirit is it like both need both or how would you say it um i would say that it would be useless for this creative spirit to exist if there is no artist around <laughs> and i would say yes. that it was it would be useless for this artist to try to create something if there is no creative spirit around because mm-hmm. that inspiration should be felt and that's mm-hmm. it, that inspiration should drive the creative process because if there is no source of inspiration which the creative spirit can can actually can manifest it it simply means that everything will just be a matter of just making marks which are meaningless just marks on on the canvas mm-hmm. and and that would be for me that doesn't really work for me it doesn't work to simply put marks because the mind is saying i must put this mark and that mark and then it will be a painting at the end of the day for me it it should start in at a deeper level if it can begin at a deeper level then i believe that something wonderful can be produced at the end of the day mm-hmm. and it is something that the viewer or the collector can really enjoy yeah they should they should they should also respond to this work just as the artist responded to it which means mm-hmm. in other words this work should speak to the viewer just as it spoke to the artist mhm right yeah if that doesn't happen then that work has not been a success it has been a complete failure mhm 
Has this actually happened to you that you wanted to paint and you had the feeling that this creative spirit is not around and that you cannot really, really get into it has this? Happened. Mm -hmm. It has happened to me a lot. It has happened to me a lot. And that is why um, when uh, at, at times when I'm supposed to produce a work, maybe within a few weeks or so, and if it takes too many weeks, it means that there is no there is no inspiration, so there is no creative spirit. It has happened uh, an, a number of times uh, for many, many reasons. But at the same time, there are moments when I felt the creative spirit was really upon me. And when I worked on, on a piece of art, and when I came to an end, I, I thought, wow, did I make this painting? And I start asking myself, how did I make it? How mm -hmm. did I make all these marks on, on the surface? How did it happen? And then I realized that, okay, I was not just myself. There was a force, a spirit that was pushing me, that was inspiring me to continue, to continue working. And there was that um, element of, um, uh, um, uh, I would say, I was not inhibited, that's what I can say. I was not feeling inhibited because mm -hmm. everything seemed to flow. You know, when this thing just flows from your, from your mind, through your hand, onto the canvas, it's, you just continue. You don't have to think carefully how you will make, uh, how you will express this part of the painting and that part of the painting, how it should look like. You just proceed as if you are just working as a machine. It happened with one of my paintings in 2010. And mm -hmm. I, was, I was amazed. I was amazed and I thought, wow, all the time I thought this notion of a creative spirit is just something that we imagine. But uh, I was convinced that it is not just about imagining it, but it's about this spirit existing in reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, I see. Do you actually remember when you started to consider yourself as an artist or maybe to feel this creative spirit? I mean, was there a particular moment or time that played a major role for you to become an artist? There was, there was such a moment I remember very well. Um, I remember when I was a child, I think it was before I started school. Mm -hmm. I was at home. Of course, I have no siblings. So uh, um, in most cases, I would spend very lonely moments, which mm -hmm. I think that is what perhaps contributed to me becoming an artist. Um, even though I never became a sculptor, I never used wood or stone or anything like that. But I remember that one day I saw, uh, I, I picked up, a piece of wood, a piece of mm -hmm. wood, not just a stick, but a heavier piece of wood. And I I kept on bumping it against uh, a stone on the ground. Mm -hmm. I kept on doing that, not knowing what I was doing. But when I looked at it, I could see that um, something had developed, something that looked like human hair. Ah, but, uh -huh. I was, but I was amazed that because it looked like straight hair of a European, not an African. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I thought, wow, this looks like a human being. The face 
I could only imagine the face because I didn't cover it. I didn't cover the face. But the something that made me think of human hair, particularly of European origin, mm-hmm. it happened right in front of me and I was amazed because yeah. I'd never done it and no one had ever taught me anything about <laughs> that. Like that. Uh, but then uh, I start, I started drawing because when you are a child and you're alone all the time, you start drawing, but mm-hmm. uh, you draw you draw figures. I drew figures, but I I didn't consider myself an artist all the time until until I I was told uh, very late, maybe when I was in high school. Then somebody then told me that actually. Uh, this could be my career. Mm. Yeah. Actually, I would like to talk a little bit more about um, ideas and inspiration. And you have already um, told a bit mm-hmm. about how you usually start your artwork. And I was just wondering, yeah. because you said um, oftentimes you observe something and then it is uh, it is like getting your imagination started. So. I was wondering, can you actually say what is first? Is it like you see something and then you start to imagine or comes the inspiration first? Can you tell something about this process? Um, I will just mention something very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I experienced when I was a college uh, teacher. Um, I didn't have my own car at the, at the time and um, I had to... I had to use public transport in order to go to work, to mm-hmm. go to that college where I had been uh, appointed as an art uh, lecturer. So what happened is uh, every time, every morning, a taxi would um, uh, would be driven across a bridge and there was a river under that bridge. Um, and... Uh, I would always look towards my right and see a distant house. It looked reddish because it was in a distance. It was Mm -hmm. a bit far. It looked reddish, but whenever I looked at it, I felt as if I was haunted by it because after looking at it, it would never never come out of my mind. And uh, it was something that I never understood. I didn't understand how it happened. And then mm-hmm. it happened that every morning whenever I would uh, 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 travel past that uh, uh, bridge, I would look towards my right and see the same the same house, which mm-hmm. looked very strange because it was isolated. It was not really part of, of the city, but it was so close to the city. And I kept on wondering what that house is all about. But I also wonder, started wondering why... I was so attached to that house. So that feeling of attachment inspired me to actually think about painting, making a painting based on that experience. Because I I thought if I make a painting based on this experience, I will no longer be haunted by the image of that house in my mind. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted my mind to be liberated Mm-hmm. I wanted my mind to stop being haunted by that house. Yeah. Even though it was not an ugly house, it was a very beautiful house, but there was something that I could not even explain about the house, something that was very enigmatic. 
Mm-hmm. And when I had finished painting it, I took it to um, the nearest uh, art gallery, public art gallery. And somebody said, oh, this is Fort Amil Museum. And I didn't know that it was a museum. It, it looked like a very strange building. Uh-huh. And it was a museum. And I thought, wow, I didn't know. Wow, I just made a painting and then I just submitted it. Um, and then I thought, but why, why did this particular building haunt, haunt me for such a long time? Why? Did it want me to, to, to depict it so that I could, um, I could be liberated from this feeling of being haunted? And I didn't know. I didn't know. I never understood. So that is just one example mm-hmm. of that feeling, that intense feeling of inspiration. And I think that uh, the creative spirit had a role as well, because when I made it, I remember that when I sat in front of that, I was still using a Masonite board. I was not using canvases at the time. Mm -hmm. Canvases were just very expensive for me. I couldn't uh, afford them. So I was actually using Masonite boards at the time, something that I had to prime first before I could use them. So when I was sitting in front of that board painting, um, I I felt as if I was actually walking in -hmm. that road, on that road leading to that uh, museum. Mm -hmm. And that actually assisted me to actually consider all these things that make a good painting, like color, texture, you know, tone, Mm -hmm. And all those, all those elements that come together to make a very good painting. But everyone, almost everyone who knows about art, everyone who looked at my painting, like my former, my former lecturer at, at UNISA, at, at the University of South Africa, mm-hmm. he said, when one looks at this painting, it becomes clear that the artist is the person who walks in the country. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He is not just a city man. And of course, I'm not a city man. Uh, I was not a city man. Even now, I don't consider myself a city man because my roots, my roots are rural. But he said mm-hmm. to me, I can, I, I can see that you feel, you feel the soil that you, you have painted here. You felt it when you painted it here. You actually imagined yourself walking here. Mm-hmm. And I could agree with him because that painting was full of that kind of life. But yeah. uh, it is so difficult at the same time to describe how one could feel that. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah, you know, that is what I can say about uh, the presence of that creative spirit and that inspiration, etc. Uh, something that haunts you, it haunts your soul, it haunts your mind and you feel haunted all the time, and you want to, to, to set yourself free mm-hmm. by producing a painting mm-hmm. that you can share with others so that they too can feel haunted if possible. Mm-hmm. And I doubt, uh-huh. I doubt if others also have the same feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, you have um, now described this um, these processes of, of inspiration and creation uh, 
as um, yeah, with the words like, like haunting, loneliness, having a big load, yeah. and and this. Would you say that it is a painful process to be inspired and to create? Uh, it is both, in my in my in my opinion. Um, it is exciting to feel to feel to feel inspired. Mm -hmm. It is exciting because you feel that oh, there's an idea that I can express and share with other people. But it is also frustrating if you never get um, time and resources in order to create. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that that inspiration will just go. Because at that particular moment, there are, there are no resources that you need in order to be, to be creative. It doesn't mean that it will just leave you and come back when you have all the resources that you need. So mm -hmm. it is both exciting and also painful at the same time, depending mm -hmm. depending on your on your uh, on your situation at a given moment. But if you are not in a position to start painting there and then, it simply means that you may be inspired, but it will haunt you until you pick up your brush and stand in front of, of an easel. Mm -hmm. Yes. And actually, um, you have mentioned um, a couple of times now the, the audience or the people that, that look at your paintings and that get visually engaged with what you have created and what you have seen. Um, uh -huh. What would you say, how does authorship actually relate to ownership? Or whom does your art, artwork belong to? Who is it made for? As my confidence has been growing, my confidence as an artist, mm -hmm. as it has been growing, there's a point that I reached and I, I, and I thought to myself, whenever I paint or draw, first of all, I'm drawing for myself. I'm mm -hmm. painting for myself. Yeah. Because if I paint and if I don't paint for myself, it means that uh, I'm doing something that is not part of me. Mm -hmm. It is something that is just being done technically, but there is no intellectual input to it. Once mm -hmm. uh, I have that intellectual input input to this to this uh, particular work or that particular work, it means that I own the work. I own the work, but I'm prepared to share it with others. Mm -hmm. But I still own it. Yeah. I still own it because it's me who made it. It's me who produced it. Right. The person who will come and collect it because they are rich, they have money, they have this and that. It's okay. They can collect it. They can own it as an object, but I still own it as an intellectual uh, product. Mm -hmm. So for me, it is not just an object, but for me, it is an intellectual pro uh, product. But for them... It is an object. It is something that they have collected for purposes of investment. Mm -hmm. But for me, it is an intellectual product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. I see. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you feel a sense of responsibility for your artwork? Definitely, definitely. I feel a sense of responsibility. For example... Uh, recently, one researcher has been asking me 
where he could find uh, my early works. There are, I had a solo exhibition in 2003 where, where almost 80% of the work was purchased before, before the opening night. Mm-hmm. And most of the works wow. they were purchased, yeah, they were purchased by, by a, a university museum. Mm-hmm. Um, just mainly for research purposes. But then the person, the person who was, who was actually managing that particular museum has passed away. And the people who work there now cannot remember, they cannot even tell me what happened to those works. Now this researcher is not able to gain access to those works because everyone is saying, no, we have no record of those works. But I was told that um, that particular institution had bought my works and I was happy. But now I feel very bad that they cannot be found. Yeah, and that person who was uh, who was working as a director at the time has has actually passed away. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel I have that sense of responsibility for my work because now I don't want my work to sit somewhere and be hidden away from uh, from uh, people such as researchers, people who would like to write about my work. Because when they write about my work, it means they are producing knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if that process of knowledge production will not be successful, simply because some of my works cannot be found, I feel very bad. I feel guilty at the same time because I didn't take high-res images of those works before they, they left me. I feel mm-hmm. guilty because... Maybe I should have done that. I'm learning a lesson. Maybe in future, I should always try to take high-res images, use a proper camera so that they can be forwarded for publication purposes mm-hmm. when a researcher needs to use them. I mean, those, those, that kind of a feeling comes into my mind. And I can see that I, ha- I feel responsible for my work, even when I have sold it, even mm-hmm. when it has left me. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah. Do you also feel responsible for this creative spirit? Um, I also feel responsible for this creative spirit because I don't see how it can, it can uh, move me to, to be creative if I spend more time sitting around and talking uh, with people about things that have got nothing to do with art, if I spend too much time, mm-hmm. I, feel as if, I feel as if I should occupy myself or my life with creative ideas. I feel as if I should occupy my life or myself with these uh, thoughts that I am a creative being and I should therefore always create something either by drawing or by painting. And I feel as if that spirit can, can finally die even if it cannot die because a spirit cannot die. Mm-hmm. But 
but I don't know what happens to a spirit. Maybe a spirit simply lives. Yeah. And um, I feel, I, I feel, I feel terrified at that particular thought of being left by such a spirit. I feel that my life would then be meaningful, be meaningless. I would be living just for food and for drinks and, mm-hmm. and nothing else. And I don't want to live like that. I want to live as a creative being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I see. So you you have to to care for the spirit to to stay with you. I have to feed the spirit. I have to take care of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mainly, I have to feed it. Yeah. Because feeding the spirit is very is very essential. Mm-hmm. Yes. And do you think that an artist does also have a responsibility towards the audience or the people that are getting visually engaged with the artwork? Yes, I feel that uh, that responsibility starts right at the beginning of the, of that creative process, which is why uh, at the beginning of our of our discussion, I mm-hmm. said that whenever I produce any work. I must make sure that it talks to me. Yeah. And then when it talks to me, I am sure that it will talk to somebody else, mm-hmm. particularly the the viewer, the audience. Yeah. Because if it doesn't talk to me, then I don't see why I should even take it to to public view, to any mm-hmm. public art museum or to any commercial art gallery if it can't talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. So in that way, I feel responsible for the viewer as well. Um, beside the fact that I can find myself uh, talking at a walkabout of my exhibition, that is possible, but that is another part of me being responsible. But the first part happens right at the beginning of that uh, creative process. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. This was... Uh a super interesting conversation and I really think we could go on for much longer, but we have to yeah. be mindful about the timing. So, um, but I would definitely be looking forward to continue our conversations because it's really a, a super interesting, yeah. the, the ideas and the concepts that you have shared. So um, for now, I thank you very much again, Ndu. And um, I also thank, uh, thank to our audience who have been listening to us now and, um, Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye, Janine, uh, Madeleine. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for... And thank you for reactivating my mind because my mind feels reactivated right now, Ah. if I can say. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) This was Artery with Isa Kavejia a podcast on art, authorship and anthropology, supported by the UK Arts and Humanities Research Council. Hope to speak with you again soon. Mm-hmm.